this is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, sometimes almost 3 to 5.30 today, talking about what I think is the most important news of the week. You might think, and you're probably being told, that it's the government shutdown, which happens to dovetail with Donald Trump's first uh, anniversary of his inauguration. I think that is significant, and I think that the Democrats did it on purpose. And they're using DACA uh, disingenuously, if you will. Uh, But that's not the most important story to me. The most important story is everything we're hearing over the past two weeks. I don't know if you noticed it because it's not the front page headline. It's on the front page, but it's on there day after day after day. It's not the top headline, but it's there. It's the drumbeat is there. And it's about Facebook is bad. Whistleblowers are coming out how upset they are of what they did to society iPhones are bad. Uh, Everything's bad. And you know what? Everything is bad. It's terrible what this stuff is doing to our kids, to my kids. It's the bit. It's I would like to I think I would say it's my greatest worry as a parent right now. I, I would say nothing even comes close. So I have that concern. I've felt desperate about it. I it's creating conflict with my kids. And uh, uh, I want to talk to you about that. 800 WSB talk. I have a full bank of calls, and I think I can get to everybody if we do a little rapid fire. And then after we go through the calls, maybe at the bottom of the hour or so, I'm going to play some clips of, of and lay out for you what I really think these guys are going to do. They're not there to solve our problem with the kids. They're there for another purpose. I think it's for Internet censorship, and I'm going to prove it to you with the audio I have. Uh, but on a on a related note, in part of this crackdown, one of the things that's happening, first of all, Binkley and I both got warning notices that were flying too close to the sun on Twitter that uh, that we've been um, uh, identified as people who have retweeted secret Russian propaganda that was generated by the Internet Research Agency. And everybody <laughs> knows that that's just a cover, a front for Russian propaganda. They won't tell me what Twitter uh, accounts to avoid, what information I got wrong. They just want to warn me. It's not a security question. There's nothing wrong with my account. We're just watching you. So if you want to follow me at at Monica Perez show, buckle your seatbelt because it could get scary. (laughs) Now, that's just one problem. The other problem is YouTube is not allowing channels with under a thousand subscribers to monetize their videos. And uh, Binkley told me he actually can't. It does help with the operating expenses for our podcast that what he gets off of those, but he's just shy of enough subscriptions on his YouTube. So when we started the show, I asked people to, you had 965 subscribers, right? 955. Oh, 955. And and we asked people to sign up so that you could get to 1,000. How many do you have now? We're doing great. Uh, we're at 995 now. Wow, we only, need, we only need five more subscribers? Right. Let's do it. So you can go to propagandareportdaily.com and click through on the post he just laid out there to show you how to get to his YouTube page. And But how do they get to it directly? YouTube.com slash Brad Binkley. 
All right. And how about let's do a couple of tweets and I'm going to go to these calls. All right. We have a tweet from Adam who says he is going to search your Twitter so that he can get on the Russian propaganda watch list as well. Badge of honor. That's Let's right. turn it against them. Let's own the word. Let's <laughs> own it. We'll own this psyop. Greg says, another tweet says that he must not be trying hard enough because he hasn't gotten the letter yet. Uh, and I know, I've Greg and I have been tweets for a while now. He tries hard. <laughs> I think I think he should have gotten flagged before I did. Like, like, <laughs> what was his website called? Uh, ProudTruther.com, I believe. Yeah, that guy's looking for trouble. Those truth. <laughs> Anyway, so let's do some rapid-fire calls. Let's get to everybody. Um, say your piece. Take a minute or so, and then uh, I'm going to move on. Let's go to Tiffany in Covington. Hi, Tiffany. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. It's nice to talk to you. Um, so I was calling because I agree totally with what you guys are talking about, and I loved what the teacher said. Um, they shouldn't have a cell phone in middle school or elementary school or any other kind of technology because the things that is on the internet now oh forget about it it's so scary and i remember when i was 13 my mom's boyfriend gave me a cell phone and then tried to give me the spiel and the talk and all of that because that's back when you had minutes you know you had to watch your minutes yep my bill was three hundred dollars so after 30 days they took that cell phone right back from me and i wasn't allowed to get another one until i got a job and paid for it myself so that's what i'm going to do for my kids yeah, and, and I, I, I felt yeah. like I was the only parent in the whole world that didn't give my kids a cell phone. But now I know I'm not, and this is awesome. You guys are great. Oh, thanks so much, Tiffany. And I'll tell you, I do have a limited data plan, which I do on purpose so that the kids can't get out of control. I used to tell my husband, let's just have one computer, and then people have to compete for the resource, and it'll never get out of control. But slowly but surely... Christmases and birthdays, everybody got everything. Uh, but you're right, the content... Uh, vulgarity, violence, um, inappropriate uh, sexual content for the age. And I hate disinformation. So when uh, conspiracy theories that are true, like we talked about on Monday, Martin Luther King was not assassinated by James Earl Ray. There was a conspiracy and it's been proven in a court of law. Go back and listen to that podcast of this show on PropagandaReportDaily.com if you want. Uh, that's a true conspiracy theory. But interjecting conspiracy theories like Michelle Obama is a man makes people who believe that stuff seem like they believe everything, like they're stupid. And kids are fascinated by these um, things that contradict what they're taught. They really love that. So there is a problem with disinformation with the kids. But Uh, blanket debunking of conspiracy theories is not the way to go. Having open discourse so they can see both sides of the conversation. Wikipedia, for example, has 300 employees. That is a repository of all the information in the world. And because of the competitive nature of people correcting misinformation, it works better than any controlled media source out there. Yet YouTube thinks it it just hired 10,000 censors to control content. It's not necessary. Uh, uh, Information is self-ordering, and Wikipedia was built on that concept and has proven it. This is a scam. Let's let's keep going. Scott and Tucker, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Glad to talk to you. Great show, and we need more libertarian voices like yours for sure. Right on. Um, What I wanted to um, say was I am a software developer, so my kids have been exposed to tons of technology from birth. Um, I started teaching my son, who is 10 now, coding 
several years ago, and he took a great interest in it. And I, I think a lot of this, some of this at least, starts with the parents. We, you know, neither my or my wife are on Facebook or spend any time. And the time I spent with my son with the computers, like I say, was more of a tool, you know. And I think my son has kind of started to see it that way. Um, he doesn't see us doing, you know, silly stuff on YouTube all the time. Um, and now he's, I don't limit his time, but I don't really have to. It's, it's funny. All he wants to do is spend time on math websites and coding websites. And it's just a, he views it as a tool and he doesn't. That's very interesting because what you did was, and actually that's coincidence because I just said to my husband, uh, my, um, one of my babysitters said, you should get your son who I was worried about the Xbox with into coding. And then he mm-hmm. could even make a career out of it if that's all he wants. So, so, because what I said to my husband was, to get this kid off the Xbox, this raises the bar for uh, satisfying activities. So instead of sitting around watching TV or playing Sorry, we have to go on spectacular hikes. You know, we've got to raise the bar. It's the only way to get the kid off the Xbox. Right. But what you're saying is take what's attractive, what's engaging about the technology, and make that a healthy hobby. Right. Yeah. And and he does have it. And here's the funny thing about it, too, Monica, is because we don't put a lot of energy around it like this is bad or try to take it away from him. When I do, like he got in trouble a few weeks ago and I actually did take his Xbox controllers away from him. And he doesn't even really care. You know, he's fine. It's been, you know, it's funny. I I meant to give them back to him and it's been a few weeks and he kind of came to me the other day and said, Dad, can I have my Xbox controllers back? You know, like, and you're like, sure, because it wasn't that bad. You're, that's actually a very good idea. I think your situation is unusual in, in that you, I think you seem to have cracked a little code there is that use the technology for good. I think if, for the people who are like me, it's been a real, real struggle. But uh, I really appreciate that input. And I want, um, and I did say to my son, like, do the coding and then uh, go to a, a tech college, you know, try to make it your career. Like, I don't care. He said, you won't be proud of me if I'm, you know, in gaming. I said, well, if you make a living and it's engaging to you, go for it. I don't care. I really don't care. I, I always said, I don't, I, I'm happy if you want to manage Target. It's totally fine with me, whatever you want to do. I think he thinks that the gaming thing for me is like, low, you know, the lowest of the low, but I, I honest day's work, I don't care what it is. And, and that's actually a clever idea. Mark, I absolutely have to hear what you did when your kids fought over their Atari. And uh, hang on, Alan, I'll get to you too right after the break. 800 WSB Talk. Tweet if you dare. At Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's a man out! A man out! On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 57 and sunny outside the studio. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Talking about kids and their phones. Freaking out. I'm going to go to Mark. Hey, Mark. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. How are you? Good. How you doing? Um, I um, I'm 67 years old, uh, so it's just a little bit a different twist on uh, the cell phone thing. But uh, back in the probably late 70s, I had a cousin that gave my sons uh, uh, a bit uh, a little game back. At, well, you said Atari uh, earlier, so it was an Atari game, and just a big bag of of of, uh, of games. And I came in from work one day, and all four of my sons. We're sitting in the floor in front of the TV arguing over that game. They, and they had been on it for hours and hours. 
Well, I came in from work as a construction worker, and I put my big red wing boot right in the middle of that game and broke it to pieces. Well, I looked at my sons. I said, I don't guess we're going to argue over that anymore. You're my and, kind of guy, Mark. Well, I also took out my wire cutters, and I cut the cord to our TV off. Which you had in your pocket. I did. I did. I was a construction worker. My dad, too. I was a union electrician, and uh, I cut the cord of the TV off. We didn't watch TV for two years. We had a farm. Whoa! Now you're going too far, Mark. That's too far. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. But we went outside, and we we worked in the garden, and we just had a blast. My son, my oldest son is 42 now. My youngest is uh, 35. And they said, Dad, that was the best time that we had. Kids really, I mean, technology is, is just out there like y'all are saying, but kids want to spend time with their parents. And that's what we did uh, as parents. Uh, when we went somewhere, our guys went, and, and we didn't let them get into all of the – I mean, after two years, I did put the end of the TV back on it. I think we watched the news. But, yeah, but uh, you saved their souls in the meanwhile. That was an awesome thing to do. But that brings me to a deeper level. My husband – works like a dog he is traveling all the time it's just it's me and i've got my hands full it's very hard and i really feel and we have we both have two graduate degrees from stanford it's not like we're struggling it's just that that's what it takes and uh and i think it's on purpose to separate us from our kids make them victims of this 800 wsb talk tweet at me at monica perez show alan you're next Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the libertarian voice on WSB 3 to 6 on Saturdays, sometimes uh, 3 to 5.30 like it is today. So we've got another hour and boy, do I have a lot planned. I didn't even get to all the smoking gun evidence of what Facebook is really up to. But we have exciting breaking news. Breaking news. Binkley. Breaking news, we have exceeded 1,000 subscribers. We're at 1,022 and counting. Thank Come you, guys. On. Yeah. So we saved Binkley's monetization. You guys you- saved it. <laughs> YouTube was uh, going to demonetize all channels that had fewer than 1,000 subscribers. And Binkley and I actually have... Uh, several different channels where we post the podcast that we do just you know, make it easier for people if they look for Brad Binkley, look for Monica Perez. But as a consequence, the main channel uh, that he used to monetize stuff and if you disperse it like that, fewer ads come up. There were no ads if you had under a thousand. So now we've got them up to a thousand. We'll put everything through there, which is the Brad Binkley YouTube channel, right? Right. And, uh, and he said it actually makes a difference on um, paying for production costs. So that's fantastic. That's awesome. Terrific. And you can find an easy way to subscribe to those podcasts if you want to listen in other formats. On uh, And if you might recall, before Binkley was on board, I did not post podcasts on YouTube because technology is not my thing. I'm a talker, <laughs> not a doer. I'm a doer. I do a lot of dishes. I pick up the dog poop. I do the laundry. Tech is not my thing. Uh, so anyway, thank you very much for that. Let's get a couple of tweets and then I'm going to take some calls. Okay. We have a tweet from Adam who says that according to his wife, we're raising a human. We're not raising a friend. So our daughter is going to have to survive the same crap as the rest of us. And then he says that his wife is always right. 
<laughs> Sounds like he's right, too. Yeah, that's, that's a good answer. <laughs> I was a little afraid. I don't, I'm not afraid of not being my kid's friends. I've always said... I would rather my kid be on the psychiatrist's couch trying to figure out why he hates his mother than why he hates himself. <laughs> so I'll be the bad guy. Is that good? So it's a nice way of thinking about yeah, parenting. I'm, I'm proud of that insight. <laughs> That's my parenting philosophy. I only have one other parenting philosophy, and it comes from that rhesus monkey study of the, uh, there were three, they raised monkeys in three different ways, one by a real monkey, one by a furry monkey, and one by a, a wire monkey. So the two fake monkeys just had bottles sticking out of them. The one with the wire monkey raised kids that couldn't raise kids. They'd throw their own babies against the wall, whatever. Wow. The real, yeah, the real monkey raised nice little monkeys. And then the fuzzy monkey that just sat there being fuzzy raised like pretty good kids who could make new babies. So I'm like, you know what? If my bar is just like the fuzzy monkey, it doesn't do anything, just hugs a lot. You know, he's there to be hugged. Uh, so I've got a very low bar, and I'm, I'm not achieving that bar yet because <laughs> iPhones have destroyed my family harmony. You know, cooking and love are not enough anymore. My kids need constant stimulation, constant dopamine fix. And I'm a little afraid that if I take it away from them, not that they'll hate me, but that they're already snowflakes and that they can't handle the trauma of drug withdrawal. You know what I'm saying? It's very traumatic. Yeah. Anyway, I'm screaming. I'll no, stop. I understand. I just, I'm excited Let about it. Let it out. It's, it's really, it's been worrying me, and I feel like a relief that, that other people feel the same way. Yeah. So maybe we'll find a solution. I don't know. You know what? I bet Facebook and Apple will figure it out. They'll, they'll do it for us. <laughs> they'll put them in a virtual reality headset. <laughs> yeah, like the Matrix, I actually did train my kids just to make sure they understood what they were doing, to ask me if they could plug into the Matrix when they went to use their games or whatever. But <laughs> the, uh, now that it doesn't phase them anymore, shaming them like that. Uh, let's go to Alan and Marietta. Hi, Alan. You're on with Monica. Hi there. I'm going to do this from the other end. This uh, texting with the kids and everything, it's actually making bad workers for the future. I work at a place where cell phones are not allowed on the floor, especially when you're using a, a forklift, and it's a fireable offense if you get caught there. So during the break time and lunch time, you have, it's just like a mass migration towards the cars and the lockers of people getting out their cell phones to find out what they've missed. I've actually seen people sit there and play on their cell phone and forget to eat lunch. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I believe that. I My mean, kids. And you yes. walk in the stores and there's somebody on the cell phone and they make you wait till they finish their their conversation before they'll come and wait on you. I mean, you know, if, if it's this bad now, imagine how bad it's going to be five, ten years down the road when you're trying to get a job and you turn down the job because they won't let you use your cell phone while you work. Well, I ha I think there's a chance that you you'll have implantable technology by then. Binkley, is that something you think is a possibility? Absolutely. That's yeah. So like you need. won't even know. You'll be able to just do your thing. You know, it's crazy. You know what is interesting is that is the show that you turned me on to, and I think um, Black Mirror. Dean on on Twitter also. Yes, they. It's like the Twilight Zone of today, where one of the episodes. You had a seed, like a, a microchip in your neck that could, uh, and like a camera in your eye and a, and a microphone in your ear that would replay yeah. things that happened to you during the day. And just the other day, I was at the gas station and I saw a Ferrari, a Ferrari that was like putt-putting and like and an old guy driving it. And I thought, 
that's something special. Like, what is that car? So I sat there just subtly filming it on my iPhone. I sent it to my husband. And, and, I, and I wrote as like my son, what, what am I seeing right now? You know, and he wrote back, oh, it's a 401k. It definitely wasn't a 401k, but it was like something like that. It's a million dollar car. Wow, that's so cool. And it was clear from the video I sent him that I was just communicating with him straight out of that Black Mirror episode. The experience I was having in sound and sight in real time at that moment. And if I just had that around my neck in a little pouch, always running, I could always go back and see, oh, that girl did give me a dirty look, you know? Yeah. I mean, how? what a nightmare would high school be if you had to recap it every night? <laughs> That's why I read at night, just to not think about what happened that day. <laughs> you know, I picked that habit up in high school. Anyway, I'd love to... All right, here's... Do you think it's... A, Here's the thing, Binkley. So I want to talk about this Facebook thing. The the phones, they're acting like they're making this big crisis out of it. They're bringing it to the surface, acting like they're going to fix it. And it's all basically an old, old uh, tactic to create a problem and then offer a solution. Anybody who has the slightest skepticism about government sees that they create these problems and then they offer the solution to the problem, which probably doesn't even solve the problem, but definitely makes government bigger. I feel like the same thing is happening with Facebook and these companies, which you can you can claim that they're private companies, but all of these like uh, niche specific monopolies, Twitter, Facebook, you can trace back the slightest effort will show that these people and companies are have benefited from government research, from technology developed by defense departments, from incubators just picking winners and allowing you to be part of the circle that shares technology or whatever. And a lot of these guys do rise to the top, like Peter Thiel, and I think this so-called whistleblower from Facebook, Chamath, something or other, I forget his last name. Um, and then, but then there's a guy like Kalanick from Uber, who uh, I guess didn't make the grade and they pushed him out. So I feel like you you play the game or you go. There's a lot of um, kind of deep state stuff going on behind these. So I don't count these guys as private actors. I think the reason they're set up as private entities is so that they don't have to answer to constitutional limitations that they would have to if they were really censoring you know, if it was a government censor, rather it's a monopoly that's required, you know, to share your information by law or that's for some reason that you don't know is cooperating. But here's the thing. Four years ago, almost to the day, I did a show on WSB saying that, like, I had this epiphany. The Internet was given to us by the Department of Defense. It was. That's the truth. And I realized that the internet is, you know, the information superhighway literally has two lanes. One lane that goes up to the government, and that's surveillance. That is information for them. And then the other lane is the is this great anarchy, this great chaos of information that we have access to. And I realized, because information is power, I realized that they can't allow that. You know, that gives us a fighting chance. And many people in the alternative media who have hope think that this will give us. And I just I don't believe that they gave it to us and lost control of it. I never believe that. I never believe that about the CIA, the Al Qaeda and stuff like that. You don't create it and then lose control of it. So. So when so I felt that that they they had to have a plan to claw it back. They absolutely had to. 
And that's what we're seeing right now, in my opinion. But I want to play you a clip from four years ago when I kind of I think I saw this coming. And then I want to play you clips of the Facebook whistleblower and stuff doing exactly what I said he was going to do, what I said would be coming in one form or another. I didn't call it exactly, but just listen to the clip. It's clip six. And the motto, which I've said before, is of this total information awareness movement. The motto was uh, knowledge is power. And it is, and they know that, but that works both ways. So we have knowledge because of the internet that we did not have before. We have a way to bypass the mainstream media, and if you hone your truth dar, your ability, your radar of truth is what I call truth dar, you can actually get truth from the internet. It's there, and you can get it if you're smart about it. The internet is a problem, so I think they gave it to us, which they did. It came from the Department of Defense. Should I talk, or you just Knowing that it had this downside, but also knowing that with some some fear-mongering, they could get it back. They could reel it back in. Uh, so I, right before that, I played, this was something from me from four years ago saying this information had to be, they would, they couldn't, they wouldn't have released the internet to us knowing what power we had from the information that they were giving us, allowing us to access if they didn't have a plan to claw it back and that they would use fear to convince us that consent is important. You can't just pass legislation. They tried to pass CISPA and PIPA, and it got a lot of resistance. They did get something in under the wire, but just people didn't like it. They resisted. They called BS on the government. But if they can get people to demand censorship by creating fear, then they will. But but what they're talking about isn't the real problems that we have as parents with the internet. They're talking about our access to uncontrolled information, which is how we're beginning to get truth, which is how we would actually have a fighting chance against the propaganda machine that generates consent for policies that if we knew the whole story, we would not support. So the information anarchy has been working. That's why they're clawing it back not the other way around. More after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Maybe something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Sunny and warmer tomorrow with a high of 64 in the forecast. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I just played for you my prediction from four years ago where I said the Internet was a two-way street. The government used it for surveillance, but we also got information that made me a th- made us a threat to them. So they have to uh, impose censorship on that channel, uh, on that lane of the information superhighway. And I said they would do it by fear mongering because consent was essential. And uh, this week, somebody sent Ricky Bobby tweeted at me. Maybe this is why I got flagged as uh, someone who follows Russian propaganda. He tweeted at me something from Anonymous, a YouTube video from Anonymous of all this, uh, all the Facebook guys saying how bad Facebook was. And um, buried deep within that, which I will play in the next segment, was a uh, the solution to the problem. And uh, I think that's what the real punchline is. I'll get to that next, but let me play for you just right now the fear-mongering segment that we've been uh, exposed to this week. Uh, let's hear clip one. 
You don't realize it, but you are being programmed. We want to psychologically figure out how to manipulate you. If you don't think you're addicted, then see if you can turn it off for a week. You're exploiting a vulnerability in, in human psychology. That was just the beginning. It was a 12-minute video that by the end of it, people are dying. They're massacres. You know, it's like, I didn't know. Help me, please. So let me tell you after the break what the punchline is, what the solution is. And uh, to quote the answer, it's a collectivist one. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.